So it is Mother's Day and we're gonna talk about moms a little bit today, but I wanna talk about it in kind of a weird context. So I'm gonna start out and, and, and we'll catch up and you'll find out where we're going through this. Um, but I'm gonna start out with something that doesn't seem very joyful and that is the world can kind of be an awful place. I don't know if you guys are awake and alive or not, but the world is not always perfect. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that is truly not Christian. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that takes our eyes off the prize, if you will, it takes our eyes off from Christ, off from God. It takes our focus off from the most important person in our life, which should be Jesus Christ, the Lord, right? It takes our focus off from the daily practice. And we were talking about this this morning, discipline as part of being a Christian. The world will try to peel you away from focusing on him. And it can ruin your daily practice. It can ruin your daily prayer. It can ruin your service and all those things that you're supposed to have. And really what that does is it gets between you and the way that you love people, the way you love your spouse, the way you love your kids, the way you love your coworkers. And lately um, I've been having this like bombardment of these self-help things in my life. I don't know if you guys have seen these at all, but this is a big one lately on the internet. <laughs> um, especially military guys who've retired, especially soft guys, if they were somewhere, they're like, make these videos yelling at people about get up off your butt and go do, like, all you got to do is be motivated. All you got to go is, you just need to be motivated. You just need to take the, take the first step. And, and it's like this false motivation kind of junk that's out there that's going to, it's going to fix your life. All you got to do is get up at four in the morning and make a plan. And it's like, that might work for some people some of the time but I find it hard to believe that person is whole on the inside. One, you can be super fit and the rest of your life can be garbage. You can be rich and the rest of your life can be garbage. So just this yelling through the TV screen, false motivation stuff um, is really weird. And it right now is a weird time where they're targeting men for that. Um, given their like tough perspective on things like fitness and, and success. There's a lot of chest beating, really, this highly motivational language, and I don't think it's useful, but frankly, um, it's tiring, and I can't help but find out or wonder what the outcome of this is for people long term. Like Every one of us has worked somewhere we had to be fit at some point in your life, and you can go be super fit, but everything else just be falling aside, so just telling somebody to be fit doesn't always work well, right? And then for those people who buy off on this empty language, self-help language in the long run, what happens, um, and you consider people who've been hurt at some point in their life or broken at some point in their life, and so if all that motivation worked until this point and that breaks it off, now everything is different. So where do you go from there and what's the starting point? You know, Some of the physical fitness ones where these guys are yelling through the screen are probably guys who never had things happen to them like loss of limb or a broken back and are now paralyzed. You know, one of our uh, dear friends um, who, who we follow and is doing amazing things in the Charlotte area, Jesse Stram, you know, your life can change like that. So where does that motivation go? You're not going to be doing deadlifts anymore tomorrow when you can no longer use anything from your chest down. So where do, you, where do you place? Where's the foundation for your life after that? Um, you know, what happens for the financial motivation stuff, the get rich quick stuff, you know, when by no fault of your own, it all goes away. You, know, you can have the best financial plan out there and be invested in all the great things and in a day, lose everything. This happens to people, lose everything. So what then? What's the next step? 
Do you just keep yelling through the screen about make a plan? I don't think it works, but I think that by looking at the world today, especially with all the social media, at no point in history has the world ever had access to you like it does now. Even if you don't want it to, if you turn on a computer to do any sort of work or, or whatever, you know, whatever, even if you're using it as a resource, the world is in that thing. It's in the interwebs and it is working on pulling you away from what is right, what is real, what is a good foundation, what is holy. And it's trying to get you in to buy all this garbage, this feel better now stuff, right? Trying to sell you a bill of goods on how to succeed, how to be rich, how to be fit, how to have the best relationships. They'll give you all kinds of relationship advice, right? Which is, it's like, you want to take your relationship advice from some weirdo through your TV screen. Like, you want relationship advice? Come here. Like, we can work it out together. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. But together, we're going to look through this book and see what God has for us. We're going to pray about it. And that's how we're going to work our way through relationships. But what's lacking in it all is that foundation in Christ, right? We need Christ to be the foundation for our lives. He's the one that gives us true hope. True hope that's everlasting. True hope that reminds us that no matter if we win or we lose, no matter what side that we're on, we get to be with the Father in eternity. That's the hope. That's the hope that we look for. The hope isn't to just be rich. I, I'm good with you being rich. I'm also good with you being super fit. I think those things are great. I would love to be a triathlete, billionaire, and a believer all at the same time. Because, uh, you know, I could probably eat more of the pastries and not worry about it. And I could, you know, pay all of your bills. And we could still love Christ together. That's not what Christ has for me. So I'm not going to strive for the worldly things. Not that they're wrong to have. The one thing we should strive for is Christ. I've been considering how damaging all this self-help stuff is over the last couple of weeks. And that's why I told you lately, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the devil targeting me, or I don't know if it's just by chance because of what I've been studying. I'm seeing this self-help stuff come up more and more. But as I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about today, because I was actually considering just jumping into 1 Timothy starting today on Mother's Day. I couldn't help but think of how this applies to our moms. Considering how damaging it is to the women in our lives when they are also bombarded, probably more than men ever, about who they are as women, as mothers, as single women, or married women, or postmenopausal women, or, or young women, which that one's a whole other story, right? They're targeting our kids like never before, especially the sexualization of our young girls. But I'm just, I, like I said, over the weeks, I started realizing how this empty self-help stuff is just not useful for the women in our lives at all. It's just not good for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking this week and I go to one of these women's sites that gives all kinds of advice to women because I'm curious. I'm like, what can I see? Yeah, that was, that was bad. Was, by the way, you got to be careful when you Google that stuff. So put your safe search on and then go. But I went to this article from one of the biggest mom sites on the interwebs out there. It's called Motherly. Has anybody ever heard of this? Motherly.com? Mother.ly? Um, and I, some of their stuff's like, it, it's not, I don't want to air quotes like bad. Like some of it's fair advice about just life. I feel weird that some people would go to the internet for advice when there's probably people around them that might be more useful. But I get it because that's what the world's telling you to do. Google it. I, I'll, I'm a victim. 
And we even joke about it, right? When you don't know the answer to something in your group, what, like somebody's going to say it. Google it. And that's just what you do. So enter, it is. Google it. I dare you. So I go to this site, Motherly, to see what kind of stuff they're putting out there about being a good mom. And what I found, it wasn't surprising, right? It wasn't surprising at all. Um, it does contain this one catchphrase that has become one of the strangest things I have ever heard. And this is new, and you guys have heard it. Self-care. Have you seen this? This is like a trend over the last year or two that's become really popular. Self-care. Has it had, for those of you who've been around more than a couple days, did we talk about self-care more than five years ago? No, I don't want to think, self-care is not, it's not a bad thing to take care of yourself, but this is like a focus. Self-care has become a selfish focus. It's become a you first, or a, excuse me, a me first focus. And this, I want to define it for you straight from their website. So I'm going to quote them, you know, and, and, and you just in your head, in the silence, listen to it and tell me what you think is wrong with this. Self-care starts with us giving ourselves permission to say yes to ourselves. Beyond our roles as parent, partner, or professional. I don't know about you, but at no point in the Bible, and this is a big one that people like to go to is, you know, I follow my heart. Your heart is evil. Anybody in here think differently? Your heart will lie to you. The Holy Spirit will not. That's why we go to the Bible. We go to God for the truth. So if your self-care includes this idea of saying yes to yourself, you need to be very careful to check yourself with your God to make sure you're not putting yourself before God. And then... Beyond our role as parent, partner, or professional? Okay, first of all, those are out of order. It should be partner, parent, than professional. Because this is one of the other lies that the world has told people is, as a married person in this room, who believes that your kids come before your spouse? If you raise your hand, you're staying longer today because we're going to discuss this. <laughs> because you and your partner are one. God built you to be one. He made marriage to glorify him. You are together. At no point are your kids a leverage tool for your marriage. Your kids are a product of your conception. You love them. You're, you moms, you bore them, you weaned them. They are your amazing children. At some point, they are going to leave you as done by the plan of the Father. And there, the Bible says this, love for God should be so great that in comparison, it looks like hating you. Not that they should hate you. That's the comparison. Does that make sense? Partner first, then parent, then professional. That's way down the list. Our, our jobs are, are after the other stuff. And this is difficult, room full of a lot of military people. We have put our job first for unselfish reasons, but professional comes last. And then it finishes with this, something we as women have been socially conditioned to have a hard time doing. This sounds like the old patriarchy argument. And I love this. I, I don't have this conversation much because most of my friend circle is relatively, I'm going to say it not politically, but conservative in value and thought. Do you believe in the patriarchy? My answer is like, yes. No argument. I do. I believe dad is the head of the household established by the Lord. 
I don't believe in some old world weird patriarchy where like a woman is lesser than, but yeah. Yeah, God the Father, the patriarchy, I get that. This is what this all leads to. It's this, it's this modern feminist movement. Take care of yourself, pull yourself out of your family, pull yourself out away from your kids, pull yourself away from your job and care for yourself. And I'm not sure um, if you're having the same word pop up in your head that popped into mine as you read this thing, but one word pops into my head, selfish, selfish. And this is actually, it's funny because whoever the writer of this was, I didn't, I didn't catch the lady's name. She's obviously educated and she knew it. She knew it was selfish. So she addresses it in the article, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And she said this, even if you know self-care is important, you may feel like you can't find the time or feel guilty about putting your needs first. What? Your needs first? As a woman and a mother? What? What? I get it. Moms should love themselves, care for themselves, get the fitness you need, get the food you need that's healthy for you, care for yourself. And your husband should be loving you in a way that lifts you up and lays himself down for you so you do feel that love. And that's part of that relationship. But for you to think, I'm going to care for myself before I care for my kids is, that is ridiculous. And I know all of you are moms. Can you imagine telling a young mom that or somebody who's about to be a mom? That is bad advice to think that you should eat before your child. Well, even the military doesn't do that. Who eats first? The troops. <laughs> That's not even in a marriage. That's not the way it works. So anyway, they just said it's not selfish to be selfish, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, hey, look, it's not selfish to be selfish. Now, okay, I get it. Moms should be taking care of themselves. And before I dig myself into a hole, I just want to get to something, right? I don't want you to think I don't care about moms. And I don't want you to think that you shouldn't take care of yourself. But I want to assure you that I'm a mind, body, spirit guy. Like that's the trinity of the body. Chad and I have talked about this a lot. Care for your mind, care for your body, care for your spirit. I think it's very important. I think exercise is essential. Everybody should get up and move around. You don't have to be jack and steel, but go for a walk. Get some fresh air. Get some sunshine on your skin. It's always really good. I think taking in good information is essential. I think fellowship with healthy people around you is absolutely essential. We are fellowship built animals. God built us that way. We are made to be with people. God, the Trinity is the perfect fellowship. He built us in his image, part of that image. As image bearers, we fellowship with one another. It's how we are made. Have good people around you. If you have physical, psychological, or other issues, take care of those things. I'm all about that. And you should care for those things. But I just can't help but wonder if modern American moms are getting fed the best information from the world, when you look at sites like this, because I know that the way the internet is built today, as we spoke of earlier, Google it. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to get on the internet and Google it. Not, not all bad information. The internet's not full of bad information, but there is a lot of bad information. So you need to be careful what you take in. And ask yourself, like, do all the websites have the best advice? Do all your friends have the best advice? When you're asking a mom in your circle about advice about how you love your husband, love your kids, is that person walking with Christ? And what does their family look like? Because I'll, you know this, I'll give you my opinion and almost everybody else will give you their opinion too. And opinions can be weighted based on what their walk is. 
So be careful who you just ask about your marriage, your time with your kids and how you serve and love them from people whose lives don't exemplify a good Christian walk because they'll give you their advice and it might not be good. So anyway, the last few weeks I'm listening to all this self-help stuff that guys are getting and I started correlating it to moms because it's, it's kind of the same stuff just packaged differently, if you will. And I, and I realized out of this that it's all a means to try to fix everything under your own will. How do, I go to the internet to find something so I can fix it on my own. How to be a better wife. Oh, this is what I'm going to do to be a better wife. How to be a better mom. This is what I'm going to do to be a better mom. And it's like constantly pulling you away from the creator. God is the center of this. We go to the Bible. We go to our church group, our fellowship group, where we know that there are people around who've had kids, who've been moms, who've been wives. This is how it's done. As a church family, we come together and we do it right from the word of God. But all of these self-help things are like, how do you do it under your own power? And that's just not the example Christ set for us. And it all seems like a way to get these things happier, gain peace, get stable, and feel better without a foundation of truth. And if you've looked at the fitness ones, it's like, it's going to change your life if you have six-pack abs. I don't get it because when I was a younger guy, I was fit. Like I, that's all I did was run and swim and lift all the time, all the time, all the time. I did multiple times a day. I was super fit. I lifted all the time. And my life was an absolute like pile of toxic waste train wreck. It, it, it was so, so bad. Being fit did nothing for me except maybe maybe physically make me endure all of the garbage that I was putting into myself, which made it worse at the end, right? So fitness isn't going to help. It's all about self. And I was drawn to this verse. This is what we're going to go into. I was drawn to this verse that seems to sum up this idea that what the world has to offer will somehow solve all your problems. What the world gives you is going to make you better. What the world gives you is going to make you happier. It's going to make you smarter. It's going to make you fitter. You listen to this video, you read this article, and it's like, oh, that's how I need to lift. Oh, that's the one food I need to eat that's going to make me lose weight. Oh, that's the one thing I do in my kid's life that's going to make them read at the eighth grade level when they're two years old. That's the, whatever those things are. And moms are being absolutely targeted in this targeted in this Matthew 16 26 Matthew 16 verse 26 the words of Christ say this for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul Matthew 16 26 it says man and that it interchangeably, I mean, the word from Greek actually means man. So I don't want to say we can fill it with the word woman, but I, person, any person, this is applicable to 110%. What are you willing to forfeit? What do you want to gain in your life by setting aside your salvation with Christ? Do you want to be fitter? Do you want to be smarter? Do you want your kids to be better? Do you want to be the most beautiful wife that's had eight kids? Like, that's one of the awful ones about fitness in the mom world. It's like they'll take a, a model mom that looks like she's had 100,000 plastic surgeries and she's 40 
and she's super slim, like, and then they'll tailor it with all the, I don't know what the computer stuff is that they Photoshop it so that they look like somebody they shouldn't, right? It, like, and then they just look like a 19-year-old model instead of a 40-year-old model. But this is the reality. Moms get things like stretch marks. It's biologically impossible for your pelvis to be the same after a pregnancy. It moves. So moms change. And that's one of the beautiful things that God did for our women. That's what a mom looks like. Now, I'm not saying you can't be fit and you can't, you know what I mean. But the world is trying to get you to believe when you buy all this garbage that you're just going to be a supermodel instead of a mom. No, you're a mom and that's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to go be on the other side and just not take care of yourself anymore. But if you catch my drift here, the world is trying to pull you away from Christ to get you to focus on all this stuff that you don't need to be, that you just don't need to be. And it's, this verse is a really simple and it's an important way and it sums up the issues and the things we strive for that are just temporary. All of it's temporary. The money, the fitness, the, the diet, the, 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 the kids like trying to be the perfect in-school parent uh, or in-home school parent it's all temporary the world will continue to tell us you're not good enough it'll continue to tell us that there's more for us here when here's the deal we talked about this last week who is enough Jesus. jesus is enough jesus is what you need that's the starting point he's the foundation he's where we grow out of it has to be jesus first Our moms are bombarded with this information about how to be a better mom. They're bombarded with ways to educate their kids, help them get ahead, new ways to entertain them, fancy new toys to keep them occupied, fancy new toys to help them learn, all these new techniques to help them do all these new things. Our moms are bombarded with self-help information and to find ways to be a better you, a better mom, and to put yourself first, first. And it's really counterintuitive to the gospel message, right? It's counterintuitive to always put self first. It's always Christ first. So how do we encourage our moms to be a Christ first mom? Because I think if you wanted to say care for yourself, I see the most important thing in your life is your salvation. So who does that put first? Jesus Christ. So be a Christ first mom. Not that those other things can't be on the list. Sure, put those other things on your list. Care for your body. Care for the way you look if you, if you feel like you want to doll yourself up. Care for the way you eat. Care for your kids in ways that feed them well, that raise them well, that teach them well. Care for, it's okay to care for those, but it's Christ first. It always starts with Christ. Let those other things grow out of that. And here's the thing. When you look back a couple verses from the one we just read about giving up your soul to gain the world we can go all the way back to matthew 16 verse 24 if you guys have ever read this before has anybody here not read the verse about take up your own cross it's like famous verse right famous in this passage we'll read two verses matthew 16 24 and 25 say then jesus said to his disciples if anyone wishes to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I don't want to completely break this passage down. If we were going to do that, we should have started half an hour ago. 
It'll take a whole new study. But there's some really practical Christian lessons out of those two verses. One, life as a believer can be hard. There are burdens to bear. Take up your cross. It's kind of thrown out there too easily. Ah, that's my cross to bear. That's not really what it means. Like, your cross to bear, there are going to be burdens in the Christian life. True burdens. The world. True burdens. Motherhood. Is, is, it burden, is it a burden being a mom? Is it really a burden to be a mom? I'd say yes. Because I lived with a lady who mommed three children, and when I look at what she did, especially in my absence, just keeping them alive was probably a burden. I'm gone, especially when we're young and money was tight. All, I mean, you guys know, especially with my youngest daughter. Truly a burden. Maybe still a burden today sometimes. The burden of healthy kids. The burden of having smart kids. The burden of your kids being safe. I don't know. That burdens moms and dads. Your children just being safe, right? I mean, I worry. I worry when these guys are on the road. I worry when they're out. But moms, moms worry in a different way. The burden of keeping your kids entertained all the time. The burden of keeping them well-fed. The burden of keeping them happy, comfortable, provided for, educated, keeping them athletic. All of these things burden moms. They worry about it. What sport are we going to play? Do we pay the bills? Do we have the right food in the fridge? Do we, all these things. I know moms have a million thoughts in their heads. and they, Is it a burden? Yes. All those things that moms worry about. They burden, they carry them with them. But the one burden that matters so much more, the one that should be carried on her shoulders first, is the eternal security of her children. Right? Are my kids saved? Do my kids know Jesus? Do my kids know Jesus? Charles Haddon Spurgeon commented on this specific passage, and he said this, Take up your own daily cross. It is the burden best suited for your shoulder and will provide most effective to make you perfect in every good work and work to the glory of God. When you carry it, it develops you. And it makes you perfect in every work. You carry the burdens of being a good mom. You carry the burdens of being a good wife. The burdens of carrying to be a good church member. You carry these things, but they are perfecting you as you carry them. They are perfecting you through hardship. And it glorifies God as you do so. And the question would be, will you take up the burden of training your kids in the Lord? Will you train your kids to be good believers? Training them, or or are you training them to be like the world? And that's the question. Are you training them to be followers of Christ, or are you training them to follow whatever it is in the world that's trying to lead them astray? Moms, will you lose your life for the Lord that an example they see in you is devotion to Jesus Christ? Give up your own so that your kids will see Jesus Christ. Set aside yourself so that your kids will see Jesus Christ. The question still remains, what do those burdens look like? What burdens do you carry as a mom to help sanctify your kids, to teach your kids, to train your kids? And there's, if you guys have ever read Proverbs, there's, it's like just a book of great ways to live your life, great ways to be a good Christian, great ways to follow the Lord. There's a whole chapter on it, great way to be a good wife. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Some of the things about your children are clearly stated in Proverbs. 
teaching your children being one of them. These are the burdens of being a good mom, teaching your kids. Proverbs 26.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Raise your kids loving Jesus Christ. Discipline your kids. Proverbs 13.24, whoever spares the rod hates his son. He who loves him is diligent to discipline him. You can't let your kids be a bunch of filthy animals. You have to teach them what is right and wrong. You have to train them to be good kids. You have to be diligent about your children knowing how to behave when asked to behave correctly, listening to you. Now we all know if you've had kids for a little while, they don't always do that because much like us, they are sinful. So we continue to guide them and train them. Proverbs 29, 15 also says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. This means when you're not disciplining your kids and they are acting ridiculous and you are not paying attention to how they conduct their lives, that it shames you, not them. We must discipline our children. As a mom, we should love we should love our kids. This isn't about putting self first. Why? They're a gift from God, as we're told in Psalm 127.3. As a matter of fact, specifically we're told by God that children are heaven's reward. Heaven's reward. God gives us these kids. Love your neighbors, right? Let your children see you being hospitable. Let them see you serve and love others as an example of how to live. But there's something that I think you moms, all of you that are in this room, need to be reminded of. And that is this. We've talked about kids being a gift to moms. But moms, you are a gift to your children. You are a gift to your husbands. God gave you as a mom to your kids. He gave you as a mom to your husbands. You bring us joy. We bless you through our prayer, through our words, and through our works. Listen to this from... If you've ever read Proverbs 31, if you've been in the church for a couple of days, every church does a Proverbs 31 study at one point in time. It's, it's the big one on uh, the virtuous woman and the virtuous wife, right? And I don't want to exacerbate that, but it's referenced to show the idea of a perfect godly woman. And it is, it is pretty tight. If you've ever read it before, it's like pretty hard to meet the Proverbs 31 standard on this side of the veil. But it talks about being godly attributes of a woman. And there's a passage in there about, being, about her being a gift to her family. Listen to this. In Solomon's words in Proverbs 31, verses 28 to 31. Proverbs 31, verses 28 to 31 says this. Check this out. This is for moms. This is who you are. It says this. Her children rise up and bless her. They get up in the morning and they love their mom and they thank God for her. Her children rise up and they bless her. Her husband also. So her whole family gets up and it's like, mom, your mom, we love you. We thank God that you, are here, that you are here. And he praises her saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel in them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is a beautiful picture of how a family loves mom. 
Moms, we bless and praise you. You're a gift from God to us. We depend on you to be godly moms. We depend on you to love and raise our children. And we know that God made us, men and women, to make babies, right? We all know how that works. So that we can love them and raise them in the Lord. And we know that it was God's intent for you, moms, to play the leading role in that. Loving, raising, nurturing, teaching our children. And we can't do it without you. Because we weren't built that way. God built us to have our roles. Our families are stronger. Our families are better. Our families are more disciplined. Our families are more fun. They're more loving. And they're godlier because of you, moms. The end of that passage says this, charm and beauty are in vain. They disappear with time. We know this. All of the things in this world die. But moms, your godly nature, your love of your family, they leave a legacy that will last forever. The legacy you leave by raising and rearing your children correctly, loving your husband well, will last forever. It will carry on through the generations of good, godly men and women who you've raised to have more good, godly men and women who love and praise the Lord and who meet together in people's living rooms to praise God and sing together. That's what we create as a legacy. It's what you create as a legacy. It is the work you do in the family that has you praised the most. Uh, The world is trying to tell you not to do this. Do you get this? Feminism is telling you to not do it. Wait, don't get married. Wait, don't have kids. Wait, go get a big career and do all this stuff until you get older and then look back and think, I could have been a mom. The world is trying to break it apart. But it is you who are at the center of that. When we put Christ as the foundation, you are the ones. It's the work that you do that has you praised most. Seek for that praise first. That your kids and your husband get up and go, we love you because you're mom. We rise up and bless you. Don't worry about the world has to say. The world doesn't care and love about you. We care and love about you. The world will lie to you and tell you they do, but they don't. It does not care. Self-help. Self-help. What does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Moms, you do not need all that perfection that's proposed to you on TikTok. Whatever that is. I've never seen it before. Best mom, the best mom websites, the grocery store magazine aisles and articles and all the other stuff that's out there. This is all you need to do. Love Jesus. Teach your kids to love Jesus. That's the foundation that, that builds it all. Love Jesus. Teach your kids to love Jesus. I'm going to finish with this little story. If you guys have ever read the story of Jesus' crucifixion, there is a picture in there of a mom that is absolutely amazing. Did Jesus need to show Mary, his mother, any special treatment? She's just a human. She gave birth physically in the womb to Jesus Christ, but after that, she's a woman, a sinner living in the world who needs Christ to get her to the Father. 
He needed not. He is God. He could do whatever he wanted. He didn't need to show Mary any special treatment. Any preferential treatment at all was needed by her. He didn't come to show her special grace. But he's nailed to the cross and he is dying and he is taking his last breaths. And as he is close to death, one of his last acts was to show his mother love. To love his mom. And in that moment, he told his earthly best friend, the one who he called, the, the disciple who he called beloved, who was the disciple John, he told him, care for my mother. And he told his mother, this is your son. That he will care for you. And you know what John did? You know what it, rec- it records after that in the book of John? Do you know what John did? Does anybody know? He took Mary into his own home. Jesus knew that he would hand off the love and care of his own mom in a way that that man would say, you need to come with me so I can bless you in my own home. He cared so much, he did not entrust the care of his physical mom to anyone else in the world except this one beloved man who would care for her. You know what I think that says? Jesus loved his mom. And moms, we love you. Father God, we are thankful for you today. We are thankful for our moms and pray, hope, wish, plead that you would show our moms love, especially on this day, that they would truly feel that they are loved by us, the men, the husbands, by their children. We also pray that our children, especially our older ones that are here, would show that love for their mom. Show discipline in the way that they respond to their mom's care. That they would understand that when a mom bears a child, it is a connection that is so intimate, so deep, that she will always have a special love for that child. That you remind us that our moms are so important that we should wake up in the morning and sing praises, that we should praise her and love her, care for her, lay ourselves down for her. Moms, we love you today and ask that Christ deeply bless you. And it's in his holy name that we pray. Amen.